Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work career and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today my guest is the actor Harold Perrineau. He's been in shows like Oz, Lost, and Sons of Anarchy, as well as films like The Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolutions, William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, directed by Boz Lerman, The Best Man, Zero Dark Thirty, among many others. His latest project is the Epics series From, where he plays a sheriff of a mysterious small town that traps all those who enter. The unwilling residents search for a way out while trying to survive the terrifying creatures that come out at night. Here is part of the trailer for From. Yeah, just wondering if you could point me in the direction of the highway. Not a problem. You drove out this way. How did we get back here? important for you to understand what happens after dark. Lock your door, nail your window shut. You do these things, your family's gonna be safe. Safe from what? We gotta get out of this place. Let's talk about the show from, and the first question I gotta ask is the title. It seems a very short title. What is it in reference to, or are we supposed to know what's from about? I was telling this to the uh, to the writers and the creators, like, you know, for me, what kept coming up is Eric B and Rakim. It's like, <laughs> it, it, it ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. And you know what I mean? And that to me sums up what our show was about because all these people come from just different parts of, well, so far the country. Uh, and, and they all wind up in this same town that we can't get out of and we're be, being hunted. And so it doesn't matter where you are from, the immediacy of where we are at is what we have to pay attention to. We're in this town, we're being hunted by monsters, maybe, I don't even know, do you know what I mean? But so it really ain't where you're from, it's where you're at. And so that, that always resonates for me, it does. We got to see the first episode, I like the music, but they really should use that song, find a place for that song. In the show. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's like the end of season one or something. But um, I, I know there's not, uh, I'm sure there's lots of things you know that we don't because you've been in the show. But right. I'm curious, how much are you in a show like this where there is a lot of mystery on purpose, a lot of ambiguity, which is why we want to watch it. Right. How do you handle that balance between knowing where your character goes in the story versus like, cause like I'm watching season one and that opening scene of you ringing the bell down the street is amazing. It calls back to stuff like, you know, um, uh, that holiday movie, It's a Wonderful Life, George Barely, but it's like the opposite in a lot of ways because you're making people go in and you, you see things going on and you know something's up. Your character clearly knows something up, but we don't know if something's up. So how do you balance that as an actor? And do you want to know where things go for this story? 
that's a, it's a really interesting question because there, there are things that uh, I felt like I had to know for the story, but I play a character named Lloyd Stevens, as you already know, and who's the sheriff of the Sioux town. And, um, and uh, so there are things I had to know, like what was at stake, you know what I mean? Like what we're really talking about and that we really were talking about life and death immediately. And, and Boyd has a, um, a real sadness that he carries all the time. And they talked about it a lot in the beginning to me. So I, I needed to know what that was, right? Those, that's really all I needed to know. The rest of it is just immediate. It's just like, what do you do when you're being, you know, when you're, when you're being hunted? What do you do when you protect? What do you do when you feel like, you know, your job is to be of service? And this character feels like his job is to be of service. Like, what do you do? And so for me, it was, it was easier not to know what was happening so that I'm not like, projecting it and just stay like when I when I crafted the scenes crafted them about being right in the moment you know what I mean but only with the heavy things I have because you see like you'll see in the first episode the estrangement between my son and I like I needed to understand that and and I think they'll be interesting as they reveal throughout the season but um I actually think it's really cool and so this show is produced by a lot of people but you got a couple people who worked on Lost you got the Russo brothers and and obviously you're you're tied to this as well. What about from um, do you think made it appealing for those guys as well as you? Um, I'm going to say John Griffin, the guy who wrote the script. I think he wrote a, a script that was really really great. Once you start reading, you like you do exactly what you do as an audience. Like, hey, where where does this go? Like, where are we going? And and he's got great ideas. And I think that that made those guys go, yeah. Yeah, let's do this. Let's, uh, yeah, you're right. Let's do it. <laughs> and that's, that's how I felt about it. When they were like, okay, with me doing it and I talked to them and like, it was like, yeah, let's do this. And this, this is, this is dope. Let's, let's do it. Now, obviously you have a history of being in films and shows that kind of have a similar sci-fi or horror or mystery quality amongst them. What about the genres or a mix of genres appeals to you? Well, the thing about it that appeals to me that I know that I knew going into it that Jack Bender knows how to do well. He's our executive uh, director and, uh, and, and producer. Our showrunner, Jeff Pinker, who is also from Lost and Friends. What I know that they know how to do is make it a story about human beings and, and their lives. And then, and then add the horror stuff to it. So it's not a slasher show where you're like, oh, how's he gonna cut their throat next week? You know, it's not that. What draws us in is you get, you get attached to these people. And I know that they know how to do that really well. Your resume is flashing ahead in my head. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that all that all adds up. But I would yeah. say <laughs> a slasher flick starring you, I, I would go see that. You know, maybe that's like 10 years from now when you're like, oh, I need a role. Like, all right, well, time to do right. it now. <laughs> exactly. I feel like I did one thing that was like, I, I knew it was a trick going in, uh, but I thought it was funny. I did the show Z Nation. And so that was the only time I went and, and did one and get eaten by a zombie baby right away. And people were pretty, uh, they were like, I thought, I thought you were gonna be, I thought it was gonna be something else. It's like, ah, no, just, I thought it was funny. Do you think it's funny? It's funny, right? Oh, it's totally funny. And also it's like when those like people will be like, I just wanna be a stormtrooper in Star Wars. It's like, they don't even want a big role, right? You just wanna like, I wanna get eaten by a zombie. You know, that's the thing. Exactly. Zombie baby. It's, it's funny, right? But yeah, but most of the things I, I take, especially if I'm committed for a long term or, you know, even not like they, they happen to be about the people. And, you know, even when you're acting in green screens and like like with the Matrix and all that, what you're 
what you're invested in is Neo's story with Trinity and Morpheus, his need to like fix everything and link his connection to his wife, but his duty, like, you know, like I really like that. And then, you know, the Nebuchadnezzar and all that stuff can be around, like, and that's really cool, but it's because you like those people. And that's what I, that's what I really like. I, that's why I go to the movies. That's why, like, I want to feel something connected to something. What do you hope people take away from the show? What From does really, really well is it kind of points to where we've been these last two years, sort of trapped in our homes, trapped, uh, like, like trying to take care of the people you love because there's a virus that's trying to kill some folks and, and people have different ideas about that. Like From really captures all that kind of angst and tension in a more visceral life or death way. So hopefully I hope it, it, it gives people a way to like, you know, have a bit of a catharsis, like think about those things that we've been through, but also be entertained as well. You know, it's way easier to watch somebody do it on the screen than actually sit in your house for six months because it was supposed to be two weeks. And now you're still here and you can't go to the grocery store because you're wiping off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's way easier to watch a 10 episode TV show and like you can get to like go through that than have to live in it. So I hope people get a chance to be entertained and actually have a bit of a catharsis with it. I want to talk about a film that maybe you don't get to talk about a lot. Uh, and that is the film Smoke. And I remember when I saw that film when it came out, I just loved it as my friends did. And you're in it. You got Harvey Keitel, uh, Forrest Whitaker, Stocker Channing, William Hurt, uh, John Carlo Esposito, Jared Harris, uh, a cast that would be amazing today even. Right. And right. I I'm wondering, when you think back to that film, what goes through your mind? Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the first thing, I mean, honestly, if I'm being really honest, the first thing that goes back to my mind is uh, pure unadulterated fear. You know what I mean? Because, you know, most of those, those people were really big deals already. You know what I mean? Like Forrest, John, uh, uh, Forrest, um, William Hurd, uh, Kaitel? Kite you know what I mean? Kaitel, yeah. <laughs> so that movie was one of my big Hail Mary moments. You know, like I have a super young face for my age and the character is 17. But when I auditioned for it, I was 30 years old. Uh, but so I went in there and I auditioned and they would ask questions like, so where'd you go to school? And I said, Erasmus Hall High School, which is totally true. I mean, I didn't talk about college, but, <laughs> but it's totally true. I went, I went to Erasmus Hall High School. They were like, I mean, this is great. You're great. Don't, don't go get a coach. Just come back in. And they didn't realize that I had fully worked on this character that I wasn't 17. And they, so like, there was always just a ton of fear, but I was excited to be there. I felt like I could do it. And I'd known Giancarlo forever because we had the same manager at the time. And Jared was like, uh, I was just gotten to know him, Jared Harris. And I was just like, kept trying to talk to him about his dad. And he's like, that's my father. Could you leave me alone? <laughs> <laughs> in the movie. Okay. So Harvey Keitel's character takes a single photo in the exact same place, exact same time every day. And the idea is that the photos are the same, but each photo has unique differences depending on what's in the frame. And over your long career in theater, film, and TV, if you had to take a photo metaphorically every day, what right. do you think would be same in the same throughout that photo? And what do you think would be things that might be surprising to see? Like, if I think about that, it would be like, if I took a photo like of myself, 
just of like my face or whatever my background is, it'd be really interesting to see. Like, I think at the time when I got that job, I was still living in the projects in Cypress Hills. So it'd be really interesting to just see how my background keeps changing. Of course, my face keeps changing, but you know, like suddenly there's kids and there's Oso who you just met and the wife and like, you know what I mean? And the houses in California. And like, and I think it'd be kind of interesting. You could probably, you know, just chronicle all the, all the like really cool events. If I just took a photo of myself in my background, like every day, you know, there'd be Mexico when we did Romeo and Juliet or blood, we'd be in, you know, Miami where, you know, uh, Behind me is uh, Jack. Uh, uh, why can't I think of his name? Because everybody just calls him Jack. Jack uh, Nicholson. Jack Nicholson would be behind me in J Lo. You know, like it'd be really interesting. It's like chronicle, you know, just this life uh, that's still continuing from that kid who was in the projects. I mean, that thirty-year-old man, but that guy was in the project <laughs> still. You know, I still had to like I had to live with my mom sometimes. So it's crazy. I'm sure you can think of so many people who also had similar aspirations, talent, maybe even more talent and did not have the breaks and stuff that you've had too. Absolutely, man. I, I think about it all the time, man. How, like people go like, no, you worked really hard. And it's like, that is not untrue. Like I've worked really hard. And yet there are people who work harder, who are more talented. And I've been lucky as like you know what I mean I have been lucky 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 like there have been really cool things that have happened to me and like yeah worked hard for sure but I can't I can't discount the like the, the great fortune I've had and I've really had some really great fortune I've been and I'm really grateful about that I just don't ever want to be like yeah man I deserve it I worked hard and I'm really talented do you know what I mean so obviously uh, From is on Epics and obviously there's a lot of other films and TV shows on streaming services. And as an actor who's gone from like regular kind of network TV and, and films and independent films to now streaming services, how has that changed from your point of view as an actor? And is it all for the better? I think, you know, progress evolution is, is always like a bit, it's a bit tricky, right? Um, there are certain things that are way, uh, way better and some things that are not. In films, when we, you know, back in the day when you did a film, you really told a story in a finite kind of, you know, two hour window, right? And then you'd get on a TV show that was 22 episodes and you could kind of tell a story in like a long, a kind of meandering, but not totally. Like you had a lot of time to fill out the story. But something about these that like these 10 episode, like, it's, it's longer than a movie, but way shorter than, you know, seven months of your life. You can get in there and get all the exciting bits in. And that's what I think, like, From does. Like, in, in, in eight, ten episodes, like, you can, you can be, keep, you can still be, you know, uh, shocked in each episode and it not be too, too much. Those things are better. Uh, but sometimes, like, I miss appointment TV. I miss going to see a show, having to wait a week, talk about it with your friends, come back the next week, and then you're like, oh, snap! You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I kind of miss that. So some things are really, really great. Some things aren't. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so uh, the name of our podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. Harold, what are you currently obsessed with? Um, uh, I have to admit that I uh, am obsessed with things by proxy lately because of uh, children. So uh, we are obsessed with Encanto right now. You don't talk, we don't talk about Bruno, no, no. <laughs> I say, like, do you, you know that whole song probably very well. <laughs> my, my kids know it well. They know, they know all the words, but like over and over and over again. So currently we're obsessed with Lin-Manuel and with Encanto and the lyrics of a lyrical genius. And uh, yeah, so right now I'm obsessed with that. Well, I'd say that's probably better than being like uh, unconsciously obsessed with something like Baby Shark Song <laughs> or something. <you> know? <laughs> Baby Shark Song. No, no, no. <laughs> up my life. That was a while ago. I got, I got over that one, man. Yeah, we got it. Yeah, the, it counts as like a, a, pa- a palate cleanser, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and like, you know, not too shabby. Lynn Manuel Miranda. No, man. What are you obsessed with? You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. No, this is good. And I'm going to disappoint you. I'm obsessed with water filtration. <laughs> I'm I, leaving, man. I'm going. Bye. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this guy's like, he's like, what? No, I, I just uh, I just moved this place in San Francisco and uh, friends live in the building and they're like, hey, we're going to buy some more bottled water. I'm like, why are you guys buying all this bottled water? It's like, oh, you shouldn't drink the water from those pipes. I'm like, I have been. And then... <laughs> And then, like, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll get, uh, I won't name the brand, but I get, like, a very well-known brand water filter picture, uh-huh. and they're, like, and I'm reading, out, and because I work at a tech site, I'm, like, reading online, I'm like, oh, wow, this only does, like, seven things, and I'm starting, like, oh, my God, there's this whole other thing that does, like, 77 things. Who knew there were 77 <laughs> things in water? And it's, like, this, like, this thread that gets pulled, and I'm, like, yeah, wow. so I know way too much about water filtration right now. I wish I could say it was something like Bubba Fett or Succession, but it's water filtration. <laughs> I hear you. Speaking of obsessions, one obsession a lot of people have with you is you played Mercutio in the Boz Lerman Romeo and Juliet, and you yeah. alluded to filming in Mexico. I mean, the film was brilliant. It was also like, I think it's like one of these crown jewels of Gen X culture of like that yeah. time, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What was it like making the film? And I'm sure you get asked about this film all the time. What do you still think about that experience? Um, you know, the, the making of the film was, it was creative in that like kind of old school way. Like it felt uh, a little cowboy sometimes because, uh, you know, some of the working t- conditions in Mexico sometimes got really sketchy, uh, but we still had to be super creative, but it added to the frenetic pace of what we were doing already. And so, um, you know, it's one of those things I, I, I have to say that I, I, I am personally really proud to be part of like looking the way I do with my treads, my dark skin in a, in a classical Shakespeare piece that, you know, that really spoke to the generation at the time using Shakespeare's words, like something about that zizzes like through my mind. Like there's one section where he asked me to like really try to get into it. And I started like doing this Biggie song with a cash and then I'm walking and I do this monologue but he kept it. And so I'm like, that's Biggie and William Shakespeare and me like all converging. And I love it. Like, so like for me, it's a, it's a big deal. It feels a big deal culturally, professionally, um, 
um, artistically. So it's still kind of a, for me, it's a big deal, even though it was a long time ago. I still count it as like one of the, like, yeah, like when I talk about lucky, man, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I've been lucky. I've been lucky to get a chance to experience that. And all the artists that I got to work with, Brian Dennehy and Pete Postlewaite and Leo and Baz Luhrmann, who directed Young Claire Date. Like, I, I just count myself as lucky. Leg Wazamo, like. Leg Wazamo. Oh, man. Come on, man. So good in that movie. So good in that movie. You can't get luckier, man. So, like, I, I still count myself as super lucky and uh, one of the sort of, like, crown jewels in my, like, my professional experience. I really, I'm really happy that I got to do that. Um, I want to wrap up. We do a thing called pick one. I give you a few choices. I'm going to have you pick one. The thing you choose doesn't mean it's better than the other ones, but let's play okay. pick one. Okay. Pick one. So first one I have is pick one theater, film, or TV. Theater. How come? Uh, I'll be honest, I'm, a, I'm sometimes quite selfish guy, uh, and I love the community work, and I love the immediate feedback. I love the in, in the moment of it all. Like, it's really visceral. It's really tactile. You can feel it. Like you said, it doesn't mean one is better than the other one, but if you're pick one, see it. I, I like being in the theater. I like being on the stage in the theater. I love to see it. It's like home. And is there like a role or roles? I mean, because obviously there's such a wonderful canon in theater and you get to do remount productions and stuff. But as you've gotten older, is there a role or role that you haven't played that you really want to or you're getting to the age where you could? Um, um, I still, I, I mean, I had always wanted to play Hamlet, but I think uh, I'm, I'm beyond past that Hamlet right now. And so now what I just want to do is like be Lafayette and Hamilton. Okay. <laughs> also speaking to someone's wisdom of knowing how much you have to be on stage and off to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like I didn't say Hamilton or Aaron Burr. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I did theater for a number of years. I remember uh, an actress telling me, she's like, her favorite roles are the ones that come on the third scene. They have a monologue or something. They're funny and they come back a little bit later and then they're done. You're like, really? <laughs> You're like, and you realize as you get older, why you're like, oh yeah, that's brilliant. You know, that totally makes <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, pick one. Here's the next one pick one Augustus Hill on Oz or Michael Dawson on Lost. This is an unfair question, but pick one. I love Michael, but people were hated him and like were really pissed at him. And I was like, he's the only dude on the show who didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> he didn't kill his dad, he didn't swindle anybody. Like, his ex-wife took his kid and then the stepdad didn't want to deal with him. And then he had to do something to get his kid back. And they're like, we hate you. And I'm like, <laughs> but, you know, Augustus, you know, everybody liked. He's so smart and so fluid. And so my vanity said Augustus. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the role that people didn't hate you for. Um, okay. And we, we talked about this a little bit, but pick one. Matrix Reloaded or Matrix Revolutions? Ooh, you got me on this one. This is the opening scene of Reloaded. When she on the bike does swan dive off, that's in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, Reloaded. Obviously, I've alluded to, we've talked about, you've been in a lot of shows, yeah, yeah. a lot of films, and a lot of these have very, very <laughs> loyal fans. Um, are there fans that surprise you? And how do you handle someone who's really obsessed with a character you've played? It's been a long career, right? <laughs> and so, some there, there have been a few surprises that uh, that have taken me. There have been a few surprises. Uh, I, I'll tell the story, and hopefully, he won't be mad at me. Um, when I when I played Damon Pope, I was in Sons of Anarchy, and I played this character called Damon Pope, and he was a bad man. He wasn't a, wasn't a good man, but 
Uh, but he was bad for a reason, right? And um, when my dad saw it, he was like, I mean, you, you get good at this, man. You get, you get good at this. I was like, I am. And then he started talking to me about Damon Pope as if it weren't even me. And I kept looking at him going like, I, I do know what he said because I, I said it. I, I totally get what you're saying. Like he just kept talking to him like we were talking about that dude over there. <laughs> it, was, it was really shocking and surprising. It was like the first time my dad, in my whole career, my dad talked like, like he, he was a fan of that character. Like he really was a fan. And it was, I don't think he knew I was there. When, <laughs> I mean, that's the ultimate compliment. Cause obviously parents can go both ways where it's like, they could be over compliment. Oh my God, you're so amazing. Like I did nothing yeah. mom or dad. And it's the other way. It's right. like, they could be very critical. So it's so yeah. cool to see your, and that particular, out of all the characters that they, yeah. that's the one your, your father connected to. I mean, to. My, after Romeo and Juliet, my dad was still like, I don't know why you don't do commercials, man. They make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today i really appreciate yeah, man. it thank you very much i appreciate it. this was fun absolutely take care buddy all right later man i want to thank harold for chatting with me and i want to thank you for listening you can watch the series from on epics i'm so obsessed was created by our executive producer danielle ramirez our editor and lead producer is sophia fox and this episode was produced by rebecca flinor Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. Follow the show on Twitter at I'm So Obsessed Pod. And until next time, take care.